Good morning, I'm Darby. It's January 14th, and you're watching Horizon Church Online.
was growing up and my dad was a new believer, um, he, he was still wrestling with a lot of these Christian terms, figuring out what they meant and what they meant in everyday life. And uh, we would get an allowance every week. We would get $5 and I would save up my $5 um, until I had enough to buy a video game or a bow and arrow or whatever I wanted at the time as a boy. And I really liked getting a $5 allowance and we had chores to do. We had things we had to do around the house. But my dad decided to do away with the allowance system and introduce a new system into our home. He called it the blessing system. And so he had heard someone talking in church about blessings and being blessed. And so he decided we weren't going to get an allowance anymore. But when he got blessed, he would pass that blessing on to my brother. Well, my brother was born later, but my sister and I at the time, if he got a raise, uh, we might get $50. Uh, but we wouldn't get money each week. If nothing happened, he didn't feel like he was blessed at all, we would get nothing. I hated this system because most of the year, he would go through life and think, well, I'm not being blessed. I don't see a raise. I don't see a promotion. I don't see any of these things that I would look to as a blessing. And so we went from getting $5 a week, which added up to lots of money over the year, to occasionally we would get some money, but overall we were getting less money. I hated it. And no offense to my dad, because he was a new Christian and he was figuring things out. Um, but I don't think that he was looking at the word blessed correctly. And I think if we're honest, for most American Christians, when we hear the word blessed, two things come to our mind. Wealth and health. When we think of God blessing us, we think of God making our lives more comfortable and us giving and God giving us more disposable income. That's what it means to be hashtag blessed, right? That's what we think of in America. We think the word blessed means more money because money is for most of us our one true God. In the biblical sense, the word blessed means to have a fuller, richer, deeper understanding and experience of God. Because we worship health and wealth in the U.S., uh, we naturally assume that when we're being blessed, we're getting more riches and more health and wealth. We want to experience a more rich and full experience with money because money is our false God. Now, we've talked about before, it's a reoccurring theme as I talk about Jesus and the things that Jesus taught. Um, I, I talk about how Jesus' teachings are counterintuitive to what people in the world naturally believe. We believe that people in this world get ahead by power, by money, by position, by, by taking what they can, giving nothing back, by clinging on to everything that they can. But Jesus' teachings always subvert expectations by teaching us a deeper truth about the world. Uh, Jesus doesn't teach us that we get ahead by force and by, by manipulation and coercion. Jesus teaches that we actually, um, the, the last will be first, and that we should sacrifice to others and that we shouldn't fight to get ahead, but instead we should trust our God. Um, he called these counterintuitive insights into the nature, the true nature of the world. He called these the teachings of the kingdom. And you see Jesus over and over again in his teachings um, and in the Bible kind of presenting these things. He says, this is the way it is in the kingdom. This is how things are supposed to work. And this is how my followers should do things. And he presents one of these counterintuitive sets of teachings in Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 20. We're going to read to verse 23. 
listen to what it says. And then he looked up at his disciples and he said, so kind of get the picture here. Jesus looks at them square in the face. He looks them eyeball to eyeball because he's going to say something that's going to cause a reaction in them. He says, blessed are you who are poor because the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are now hungry because you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now because you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, when they insult you, when they slander your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day. Yes, even leap for joy. Take note, your reward is great in heaven, for this is the way their ancestors used to treat the prophets. Now, what Jesus just described as being blessed is not how you would find that word being used on Twitter or on Facebook or on most of the little plaques we hang around our home. No one puts up on Twitter, hashtag blessed, I'm super poor, can't pay my bills. No one puts up on Twitter, hashtag blessed, I've been excluded from that uh, party at that lady's house. Um, hashtag blessed, someone just cursed me out. You know, we, we don't say that, right? We don't say hashtag blessed, we don't have enough to eat tonight. There's not going to be a meal. We don't say hashtag blessed, I've been weeping all day because I've lost someone I loved or because something bad has happened to me. Obviously, Jesus has a very different idea about what it means to be blessed than American Christianity does. And if American Christianity disagrees with Jesus, we need to side with Jesus, not American Christianity. We write about the blessings on social media. Um, we say, thank you, God, for blessing me when we get a raise, when we get a promotion, when we have a feast, when we are laughing, when people love us, when people praise us. We tend to celebrate being blessed in the exact opposite scenarios that Jesus describes here. That means we're not just a little bit off. We're completely wrong on this subject of what it means to be blessed. Now, this is a series on money. We're doing a series called Money Matters, and we're talking about the spiritual ramifications of money in our, our, our life. And you'll notice the first thing Jesus says here is, blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you who are poor. Now, in Jewish society in the first century, they saw being wealthy, having an increase of your herds, of your trade goods, and of your possessions as a sign of God's favor. In fact, they would look in the community and the people who had the most, in their mind, were the most spiritual. The people who had the least were likely sinners or people who did things wrong or God was judging them or punishing them in some way. Being blessed was equivalent with being rich. Being spiritual was equivalent with being rich. It was assumed that the richest person in the community was the most spiritual. Now, Jesus was throwing this idea out onto its head. He was completely flipping it upside down. In Matthew 19, 23, Jesus said to his disciples, Truly, I tell you, it's hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus' teachings were in, in exact opposition to what the religious leaders of his day were saying. They were saying, if you're rich, like most of them were because they had amassed political and religious power and they had a lot of wealth and position and power, they said, those are the most spiritual people because God has blessed you with riches. But Jesus was saying something different. He says, you have a tendency to miss the spiritual kingdom that's all around you if you have a lot of things in your physical kingdom. That's what he was teaching. Rich people tend to trust in what they can see, not what they can't. 
Jesus is saying that poor people have the advantage here because poor people oftentimes have to operate by faith because they don't have enough money to pay that bill, so they have to turn to God. They don't have a contingency plan. They don't have a backup bank account. And um, the reality is it's our human nature to only turn to God when we have to, and rich people don't have to turn to God as often as poor people. And so their tendency is, if you're rich, to be self uh, to be reliant on self or to be independent rather than dependent on God. Now, we have to back up here because I, I know what some of you are doing right now. You're like, those rich people, those rich people. I knew there's there. Look at them, you know, and we're, we're kind of putting ourselves over here in this category. And we're like, we're not rich, but those rich people. Right. Uh, and so I just want to remind you that the majority of the world earns less than $20 a day. So if you earn more than $20 a day, then you are part of the richest majority on the planet. Billions of people on this planet earn even less than that. They earn less than $2 a day. The majority of us in North America make more than $50 a day, making us part of the richest segment of the population on Earth. We're part of the richest 7% of people on the entire planet. So we need to stop for a minute before we say those rich people and yes, riches are relative, but if you're going to compare riches to the vast majority of the world, we're in the richest 7% of the population. If we earn more than $20 a day. We are wealthy, maybe not as rich as the millionaire um, down the street or the real estate mogul, but compared to most people in the world, we are incredibly well off. That means Jesus' teaching is not just for our rich mainline neighbors, right, who have a, a million dollar home, but Jesus' teaching is also for us who live in an apartment or into a small home or into a medium-sized home, those of us who would never think of ourselves wealthy, to most of the world we're considered extremely wealthy. And in Jesus' day, these were people who weren't living paycheck to paycheck. These were people who were living many times meal to meal. They, were, they didn't know where their next meal would come from. That was the poor in Jesus' day. And many times, in our case, we may live paycheck to paycheck or be only able to set a little bit aside and think, wow, I'm not very wealthy. But the vast majority of us are incredibly wealthy compared to the rest of the world and really compared to the first century people that Jesus was talking to here. Um, so this message is not just for someone else, the people down the street, the people who have a little bit more than you. This message is for you and for me. Most of us end up relying on what we can see instead of what we can. And most of us operate out of fear instead of out of faith. If we're honest, most of us choose the presence of God in our lives, or, or rather most of us, if we could choose either the presence of God in our lives or the total removal of worry and stress and fear and having all our needs and desires supplied, many times, if we're honest, we would choose the leisure over intimacy with God. We would choose having all our needs met over actually experiencing and enjoying and knowing a dip deeper and richer and more full understanding of who God is. Uh, there's something about human nature, right? Remember the old psychological test where it's like you could have $1 today or you could have $5 tomorrow? Or another way of looking at it is you could have $50 today or you could have $75 next week. Most human beings take what they can get immediately right now instead of waiting for the better good that can come tomorrow. We settle for a lesser good in 
right now, immediately, rather than waiting for the better good that could come later. Um, and that's kind of what Jesus is describing here. He's saying that those who so fixate on having money end up missing the spiritual truth that's all around them. They're so fixated on having something right now that they miss what could be or what they could get over time. And we really see this throughout scripture, right? It's the poor shepherds who were first to hear that God had come to earth. Nick shared a sermon about that a few weeks ago. Uh, the Israelites only tasted the bread of heaven because they were hungry in a desert. After nights of tears being promised an impossible child in her old age, Sarah had Isaac, a child that she called Isaac, which means laughter, right? Only after much crying could she celebrate with laughter. The Bible's full of examples of people who knew God, not because they were rich and everything was easy, but they knew God through some of the most desperate, some of the most painful, and some of the most difficult times ever recorded in human history. See, blessed moments come out of hard situations. Blessed moments, having a deeper, richer, more full understanding of who God is, experiencing God on a deeper, richer, more full level does not come when you have everything you need and all your needs are met and there's no stress and there's no worries and there's no problems. Those are situations where you become independent rather than God dependent. Being blessed means that you're in a situation that requires God and so you turn to him and you get to experience him on a new and rich and more full level. I've said this quote before, but I, I think it's so fitting here. Everyone wants to see a miracle. They want to see God do something supernatural. But no one wants to be in a situation that requires a miracle, right? We all want to see a miracle, but we don't want to be in a situation that requires a miracle. Being blessed means that God is going to bring things into our lives that we don't enjoy, that we don't like, that aren't comfortable, that they aren't safe, because those are the moments that allow us to enjoy and experience deeper intimacy with him, new experiences with him. Um, as we walk through difficult places, it's in the midst of the struggle that we are refined into jewels. See, God just, he doesn't want to give us treasure, things to treasure here on this earth. He wants to make us into treasure. The most important thing to God is not what we have or how much we have. It's who we are and who we are becoming. Um, in the end, who we trust or what we trust in ends up defining who we become and what we become like. A blessing makes us more dependent on God, not less. Usually good health and wealth make us independent. We think we don't need God instead of dependent on God. And so many of the things that we call blessings are actually not blessings at all. They're things that make us independent of God. So they're actually doing the opposite of blessing us. The reality is the thing in your life that is most stressful or most unpleasant may actually be the greatest blessing in your life right now. So you say, okay, Alex, you've completely thrown everything I thought about blessings up on his head. I have all these hashtags I've used wrong. I've got little plaques hanging up in my house that say bless his house. And uh, it doesn't mean what I think it means when I'm saying bless his house. What I'm really saying is God, bring difficult situations into our lives so that we turn to you and we, we rely on you more. What I was thinking was keep us all safe and happy and healthy and let nothing bad happen to us. Um... So Alex, what do we do with this? What do we do with this now that you've you've shown us how Jesus taught something totally countercultural on this idea of blessings? Well, I think the first thing we need to do is consider the things you usually call blessings. 
Um, do they actually let you experience more of God or do they simply make your life more comfortable? Identify some areas in your life and in the lives of other people where they call something blessed and identify that it's not really a blessing in the biblical sense. So this is a little bit of homework, right? Look at some of the things you've said in the past and you've said, I'm so blessed, look at this. Or you look online and you find some people who are saying, I'm so blessed. Is it really, does it fit into what Jesus says a blessing is in this passage? Or is it much more this cultural Christianity idea of, I want my kids to grow up and have good jobs and be married and have grandkids and everyone to be healthy and safe and make good money and be nice moral people. That's not the relationship that Jesus invites us into. He's inviting us to become like him. And he says, that's going to be as I put you under pressure and I put you into situations where you're going to experience me on a deeper and richer and more full level. And that's what it means to be blessed. So identify some things in your life that you've called a blessing that aren't and identify some things in the lives of the people around you that aren't blessings. Now, don't go up to them when someone posts online and it's like, I just won the lottery. I've got $10,000. Hashtag blessed. Don't say that is not a blessing. You know, don't like rain on their parade, but just recognize those things. Start to look at what people say they're being blessed with and recognize that it doesn't line up. Second, examine some of the areas of your life that you aren't thrilled about. This could be something currently you're going through or something in your past where you think, why did I have to go to that? Did it drive you closer to God? If so, what I want you to do is think about the thing in the past or even think about that thing in the present and choose to thank God for it. Thank God for blessing you with that thing that in the time or maybe even right now you thought was a bad thing but is actually secretly a blessing. Thank him for blessing you in that situation. See, many of the problems we face are blessings in disguise. And many of the things that we call our blessings are actually the devil allowing some comfort into our lives so we get distracted from becoming like Jesus Christ. Third, share online or with a coworker or with a friend how you've been blessed through a difficult time. So you can put up on your social media status and say, hashtag blessed for getting sick. Because during that time, I was able to spend some time in prayer and just slow down and focus on God. And say, hashtag blessed when we had this financial situation and I didn't know how it was going to be taken care of. And we just got on our knees and we prayed and we prayed and God came through and he provided. Start using blessed in the correct way, in the biblical way. And watch how people will respond. Use this as an opportunity to shout the praises of God in the correct way. Fourth, remind yourself often that the blessings are not about God making our lives easy, but about God revealing more of himself in our lives. The, the reality is, as human beings, we need reminded more than we need taught. You're going to forget that blessing means more of God instead of more of stuff. And so find a way to remind yourself of that. Make a note, journal it, post it somewhere where you can remind yourself. Just make it, it could be something where every morning you remind yourself and say, oh Jesus, I hope that you'll bless me today with more of you instead of more things that make my life easy. Whatever it is, find a way to remind yourself because you're going to forget this and everybody in your culture, even people in your church community are going to keep telling you that blessing is health and wealth even though Jesus says something different here. So find ways to remind yourself about what blessings actually are 
and ask God to bless you with more of himself. And he's all we need. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for how it challenges the way that we think. And Lord, forgive us for so often taking the, the truth of the culture and trying to convert them into Christianity. Lord, help us to recapture what it means to be a follower of Jesus, where it's not about having a safe, comfortable, happy life, but it's about knowing and experiencing a supernatural being who's all good and all pure and wants us to be like himself. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll take this message, that it'll resonate in the hearts and minds of those who hear it. And Lord, thank you for how it challenges my life. And I'm so grateful that I have this opportunity to serve you, to know you. And thank you, Lord, for blessing me um, in so many times where it's been hard. And I think, why is this coming into my life? Many times I'm pushing away the blessing you're trying to bring. And Lord Jesus, thank you that you bring good out of difficult and painful and stressful things. And I pray this all like I believe Jesus would. Amen. Thanks for watching our online service today. We will continue our Money Matters series next week online. Our next live service will be February 4th at the Ardmore Music Hall. You can give to support the work of Horizon Community Church by going to www.horizonphilly.com backslash give or by donating in our next live service on February 4th. Our small groups start back this week. Join us Tuesday at 6 p.m. for our adult small group, Thursday at 7 p.m. for our college small group, or Sunday the 21st at 5 p.m. for our young adults and young singles small group. Email connect at horizonphilly.com for directions. At noon on January 28th, we will be making care packages for the homeless. Plan to join us and begin collecting deodorant, hand sanitizer, socks, and blankets to bring with you. The church will provide tote bags and other items. From all of us at Horizon, we hope you have a great week.